Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode, that is, Ask Me Anything. I love to answer your questions. If you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. Kara from Ottawa asks, I have a firm agreement with a buyer for the sale of a property. Two weeks before closing, the lender for the buyer indicated that they wanted to order a new appraisal and therefore the closing date cannot be met. The buyer is proposing that we close the transaction with seller financing or that we simply extend the closing date. I have very real carrying costs for the property and I don't like the idea that this delay could cost me money. What do you suggest? Well, Kara, this is a great question and an extremely common situation. You're based in Canada and closings generally happen on time in Canada. In the U.S., it's much more common to have delays on closing. A failure to close a transaction in Canada usually results in litigation. In the U.S., it's all part of the fabric of real estate investing. In my experience, more than half the transactions I've witnessed over the past decade have been delayed for one reason or another. Sometimes the cause is a delay with title insurance. Sometimes it's a delay with the lender. I've even seen delays at the closing table when the lender for the buyer requests additional documentation on closing. Now, I'm not surprised that the lender did not accept a pre-existing appraisal. The lender always reserves the right to choose the appraiser, and the appraisal process should be completely at arm's length from the seller. Many of the cases of mortgage fraud in the 1990s were linked to fraudulent appraisals. I'm guessing the property is pretty high value, otherwise the bank would be willing to take the risk on the appraisal. Lower value properties are often subject to automated appraisals these days. Now, you're correct to be concerned about carrying costs. The daily and monthly carrying costs are very real, and you should be compensated for the delay. The agreement for purchase at this point is not conditional, so it stands to reason the buyer should pay for those carrying costs because they were going to own the property from the closing date anyway. I don't know exactly how much extra time the buyer is going to need, but let's say for the sake of argument, they need an extra 30 days to close. Let's calculate your carrying cost for the property, including taxes, insurance, water, any debt service, Maintenance, things like lawn care. Add all of that up. Let's imagine that these costs come to, say, 2000 a month. I don't know the exact numbers, so I'm just making them up. You have a couple of choices. You could increase the purchase price to compensate you for the added costs, but that runs the risk of causing the buyer to requalify for a new loan amount. That could introduce even further delay. You would be within your rights to ask for that. The second option, the one that I prefer, is to ask for an increased deposit. You could agree to, say, a 30-day extension under the following conditions. If your carrying cost is 2000 I would ask for a little more because you're probably forgetting something. I would ask for something between five dollars to $10,000 in additional deposit monies. And number two, the buyer should increase the deposit amount, but in this case, unlike the original deposit that was placed with the real estate broker, this deposit will be non-refundable and would be released immediately to the seller. The purchase price won't change, but you'll get a chunk of cash immediately up front. The added deposit will be deducted from the cash the buyer needs to bring to the closing table since it was prepaid, but it's reducing your risk. If you make the deposit too large, the buyer simply may not have the funds to do it, so I suggest making it large enough to be worth the paperwork and large enough that it's going to hurt if they don't close. But if the buyer ultimately fails to close, then you're going to get both deposit monies as liquidated damages not only the funds that were released to you, but also the funds being held in trust at the real estate brokerage. But it could take some time for the funds being held by the broker to be released. 
I've seen cases where it's taken up to a year or more for a broker to release a deposit. So you want the additional deposit payable upon approval of the extension and released to you immediately on approval of the extension. I'm not a fan of closing with seller financing because it puts too much of the risk in your hands. Let's say the lender for the buyer backs out of the deal. Now you've conveyed the property and you would need to go through a huge and expensive legal process to get the property back. This would involve a foreclosure or a power of sale depending on where you live. In Ontario, this would be a power of sale, but it could only happen after the buyer's in default on the terms of the seller financing agreement. Meanwhile, you've got a ton of cash tied up and you're working with a buyer who's not capable of closing. You don't have the flexibility to simply put the property back on the market. I want to thank you, Kara, for a great question. I hope this gives you some ideas on how you can negotiate the situation. So folks, definitely keep the questions coming. Have an awesome rest of your day. Make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.